Hey everybody, welcome to the Holtcast. Jack Grimsey alongside James Rushton, as always, and as usual lately, James Villa's still terrible. Yeah, so bad. Um, the Norwich match uh, flipping out. I think that's the lowest point of the season so far, definitely. Um, it's hard to even start speaking about it, but yeah. Return to form for Villa. Uh, great display against West Ham. Immediately shot in the face the match afterwards. Not even two days after. Yeah, and it is the, the 31st of December now that when we're recording it, so 2015 is going to go out on a low at least. Yeah. Villa really can't can't get worse in 2016. Even if they end up going down, they're not going to play worse than they did in 2015. But yeah, I mean, I've been writing my season this like season wrap up thing. I thought would be a good idea. Like not a season wrap up, the year wrap up. And 2015 has been a really bad year. We started off the year with protests at home games because we were playing that bad. We didn't score until February. Then Paul Amber got sacked. We got rid of loads of players on a free. Daniel Johnson went for 50 grand. Um, then Sherwell got sacked. We got destroyed at the FA Cup final and now we're pretty much relegated. Yeah, we got <laughs> to see three managers. It's kind of a crazy, yeah, you crazy forget, year. You really forget that Paul Lambert managed this year. And you've got to, <laughs> you've got to see the photos. Um, his face when he was managing at Villa was horrible. It was destroyed. And now he's at Blackburn. He's got. He looks really fit and healthy. And it's like, yeah, yeah. it's like it's like the pictures of Obama before and after he t- like before he took over. Yeah, people as say the US and now people say, oh, Paul Lambert may have ruined Aston Villa, but I think Aston Villa ruined him. <laughs> yeah, no, Villa, yeah. it's not like Villa were. If he's yeah. coming right after Martin O'Neill, maybe you could say that. Maybe it'd be fair, but yeah, but God, like he's looking at his face and his demeanor during that time. God, uh, but yeah, 2015 has not been a good year. I'm glad to see the back of it for uh, Aston Villa. It has not been fruitful at all for us. Yeah, and this, I mean, I know we were just talking a minute ago. We didn't have a plan to do a 2015 year in review. Maybe we could do that next episode to look back on it as a whole. But you're right. Yeah, it's it's good to get it over. And, and my because it's, you know, time hasn't exactly flown by when you're losing every match. No, um, every single game. I, I mean, I turned around to my dad after uh, the Norwich match. I was like, I can't. Why did we keep doing this, man? Like, and I guess it is good to watch Villa. And, you know, it's good to watch football teams play. But when they just don't turn up, and that's been the case for Aston Villa so many times, is just not being there, not playing the same sport as the other team. I mean, uh, pretty much through the three managers we've had this year, we've seen the same thing, and it's just total capitulation every single time and uh, hopefully that changes come next year but we said that last year didn't we last year was meant that 2015 yeah. was meant to be the good year and <laughs> again I don't want to get into the whole year interview but we thought this summer players coming in whatever now we're on the cusp of another transfer window but get to that a little bit later in the episode and finally we'll, I guess we'll cap it off with Sunderland, which is really the last chance, I think, for Villa. I think everyone can agree on that. But let's start with West Ham. So, Boxing yeah. Day, you're getting down to Villa Park. And right before, we had just talked about how all you wanted was a win for Christmas. And, you know, I don't know. I, th- I thought Villa played quite well. Yeah. Quite well. But just I mean, didn't, didn't know if it was just so Villa. 
Like, yeah, when I was down there, I mean, the atmosphere was great. I mean, I was pretty much on my feet for like 75 minutes. Um, Villa played so well in the, at the start of the first half, and then they played the entire second half very well. I mean, it's a real shame they didn't come out with the win. Um, if luck would have went their way, they would have got definitely got a 3 1, 2 1 win. Um, they West Ham took the best, uh, took advantage of the gaps Villa were leaving open um, by running up the pitch. But yeah, Villa played fantastically and it was an amazing day. Um, it was really fun to be there and to come out with a draw. Yeah, it was a bit of a disappointment, but that's pretty much what we expected from that match anyway, a draw. Um, I don't think... Yeah, yeah, I mean, coming into it, we thought a draw would be a good result. We thought it would be an acceptable result yeah. if wins were taken over Norwich and Sunderland. Obviously, Norwich didn't happen, but yeah, the, the goal Villa conceded, pretty unlucky, and although they did win a penalty, um, I don't know, it was well-deserved. Rudy just said worked hard to, to get there and caught Angelo Ogbonna in a really bad position. And, you know, won, won the penalty and IU finished it. Yeah, um, I, re- I did actually record a video of the penalty, but I messed it up because I was trying to do it portrait and it was a landscape and it didn't turn around in the video, so it's on its side. But yeah, it was fantastic because mm. we was all go- or everyone was just expecting it's going to be a go- goal. Jordan and I just walked up, call as you like, pull it in. And that changes everything. I mean, that brought us back from 1-0 down facing relegation to, you know, a little bit of hope from that draw. We wanted seven points out of these games. Now we're looking at maybe having one out of those four games, but at least we had that moment where we thought, hang on, we can still get out of this. I mean, it's looking grim now, uh, but hopefully we can, you know, perform like we did against West Ham for a few more games, uh, run out the season like that. There'd be a lot of highs to go out on, and even if we do go down, it'd be something to look back on and go, hang on, at least we played the best we could what we have rather than giving up which is exactly what happened yeah. in the next match yeah exactly Villa I think the legs must have ran out because they went with yeah. the four central midfielders in formation again in the formation against West Ham and you know that's fine but not with the game two days after and yeah. you know I think I think Remy Gard is a really really good manager but he's hasn't managed in the Premier League before and maybe doesn't know the real effect of playing all these games over the busy holiday period and he also has a really, really thin squad in midfield. Yeah, I put it just down, not to naivety, but maybe belief in that the team could carry it out again. Um, it was an utter deflation, actually, to see Adama Traore come on and nothing happen. Because, you know, when he's been kept in the wings for so long and you're going, oh, he will change the match. And then he comes on and, you know, nothing happens. You're like, oh, God, we have literally got nothing up our sleeves. Yeah, <laughs> no. I mean, he, although he, did, he didn't provide anything, but... I think we learned a lot about him in that game in the way that he's not a good crosser of the ball. Yeah, I and mean, like, I think, I mean, I think we should try him out centrally because he could he could maybe run with just Ed in, in this next match against Sunderland because Jordan Ayew's out. But yeah, uh, we're going to struggle in that match to find anyone to replace Ayew, uh, both physically and mentally. Um, we can't, you know, it's been proven we can't play. We just get to instead up front um, it's been proven that A is probably our best player minus one Jordan Vera too um, Gabby Bonlaw is out as well with an injury correct so we have literally got no one to turn to like not, we can't yeah, play Lee or Kozak as well because he's clearly gone uh, so yeah I mean the, the picture he tweeted of him in some training session that looked like um, I don't know a workout for another team yeah you know, I mean he's, he's got to have have suitors but yeah I mean you know, 
there are no words, are there? Really, um, Villa have literally dug this hole them for themselves. Um, there's no way out um, in terms of who we're going to play up front because we have almost burned every bridge we have with that. Um, yeah, they they made the bed and now they have to sleep in it. That's <laughs> yeah. If they bought Rudy instead and Jordan Ayew and didn't get any support from, that's their problem. Um, we'll just have to watch it as fans and criticise and do it all the analysis afterwards. Maybe if they can get a win, who knows? But you know, without Jordan Ayew, it certainly looks a lot less likely that we'd actually score a goal. He, he's someone that I really like him because he leads by example. You know, he's not even though he does get the vocal scrap with the yeah. referee stupidly. Um, He's just a guy that you see taking the pitch and that has to fire you up because you look at him run with the ball and you know, okay, when this yep. guy's in the team, we have a chance. I completely agree. Um, Jordan Ayew, he's someone that comes on, does, he's not like a mercenary. Like He comes in, he's paid to do a job and he does the job. And he goes home, does comes back and does it again. And he's upset because, you know... Yeah, he's like a hitman. There are you know? benefit, yeah, there are benefits but, to playing. Premier League football for a club like Aston Villa rather than anyone else and that we have facilities to develop. It's a good place, you know, not, I'm not saying we should be this selling club, but it's a good place for players to make a name for themselves like Christian Benteke did. You know, um, Aston Villa isn't the deal or an end all, but you can certainly make a name for yourself here. Um, and it's going that, you know, you've seen someone like Jordan Ayew who got, had a bit of a reputation coming out of his last club as a, when he, you know, fought to get out of that contract and get, get to here, that he's really fighting to keep Aston Villa in the Premier League when really, you know, he should have no ties to us. He should be, you know, honestly, I'd, I wouldn't hate him if he wouldn't bother a lot of the other players. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah, I know. It yeah. just shows you he, he is a good professional because maybe he did have that dispute over the contract, but yeah. look at what he was getting paid in that contract in France and look at how he's been playing. He obviously deserves the money. Yeah, exactly. Um, each footballer is an individual. We treat them weirdly. Uh, we say they're paid certain amounts of money so they can't feel this, that, or this. Um, like Stan Collymore, he was paid so much so we were annoyed when he had depression and had to, had to leave Villa. Um, he, had, he asked to, to be released from his contract. Um, so same with other players. But we always pin this on them that they're paid so much money so they should perform. And that's exactly what Jordan A is doing. You know, he is doing yeah, because what he's you, doing. There's a big... Like you're saying, the big transfer fee and the big wages, you don't own the player. He's no, under yeah. contract. Just like another yeah. employee is not your slave, you know? In a way, you the can't. transfer fees are ridiculous because we've proven that they're useless. You can buy players like Benteke and Dalf from us and we do absolutely nothing with the money, so it's pointless having. You know, I'd and the players that... do absolutely nothing for yeah. them, at least, you know? So it... Would it not be better for it to be somewhat like the NFL where a player runs that contract out and can go? No, I mean, yeah, it, it it does happen, but just a lot less frequently, especially because clubs, Can clubs, I think, like in, yeah. to have these long contracts so so that they can sell the player for more. Right? I mean, I guess and player and the player is always going to take it because they can get an, another yeah. million of a signing bonus, and their their agent <laughs> will make them take it. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to think. Hang on, we are going down. If we if we are to go down, we're going to lose maybe not as much players as we'd think, but we would certainly lose a few bigger hitters for the team. And you got to think, can we act, are we actually qualified to do anything with this money, considering what we did in the summer? <laughs> it just makes yeah, it a bit but, but at the at the same time, you you're going to have to do something with the money. <laughs> yeah, but can Villa but actually? We, need, we don't <laughs> we don't have any players. We don't have any good players. But yeah, and um, that's another thing, isn't it? Um, Villa recently announced that they're shipping 
Dennis, do you know Donisian off on loan for the remainder of the season when he's probably someone who you'd look to to be a squad player when we go down. So instead of maybe keeping yeah, him around cares? the team. Who cares? We're getting relegated. Just let him play. <laughs> yeah. Like, see, just like, see what he can do one match. We're like desperately short on legs at center back. The and... thing is, like, when Richards goes, when Lescott goes, when Akore goes, and even if Cart goes, you know, who are you going to turn to then? Are you just going to buy four new centre-backs? Or are you going to actually have to go back to the people you've shipped out on loan and kicked off to God knows where and go, hang on, we need you to do a job for us now. Can you do it? Hey, friends. <laughs> yeah. Because Villa have got such a bad history of this, man. Mark Brighton, Daniel Johnson, Samir Carruthers, probably Janoi Donisian, you know, all gone. Like... <laughs> Yeah, it just I don't know. Even the random people like Graham Burke or someone that exactly. that were in the the European teams of glory with the Villa youth setup. Yeah, and you it's know, like just... league playing in League Two and playing in League One is relative. I mean, if you're in a team, Leicester have shown what chemistry and a bond can do, and that Burnham goal have shown that Watford even and Everybody... Norwich, you know, Swansea. Like it's it's <laughs> not if... a once in a lifetime story. Yeah, it's not like talent is the be-all and end-all. Technical ability is not the be-all and end-all. It's about knowing what you're doing and relying on people who you pass the ball to. And, you know, we have burnt so many bridges with our youth team. You've got to think if someone signs a pass to Villa, they're going to go, have I got a future here? You know, they're just going to buy someone. They're just going to buy someone to who's better than me. Not necessarily that has the same vision for the club as I do, but they're just going to buy someone better. And maybe that's not the best thing, especially if we're going down and we have loads of players of you know, massive championship ability that we've kind of given to everyone who will suddenly become our competitors down there. Yeah, I think I think maybe the club just needs to trust the youth academy more than they do. Just say, wait yeah, a minute, definitely. These players do have some quality about them. Oh, definitely. I'll keep going back to this, but selling Daniel Johnson for fifty grand is an absolute aberration. <laughs> <laughs> considering that no, doesn't even pay in Zogbia for a week <laughs> it, no it doesn't and like he's a player you could really do with right now you know he's yeah, a midfield real you know presence and you know because he's not Premier League ability he's gone and for 50 grand you gotta think who is running this club right you know who is making these decisions and it's not like he was on any wages at all that you needed to get off the books or anything. Yeah, all you have to do is like make these players into something, then sell them on, then buy a replacement. Don't just chuck them out for free transfers, pretty much. Then hope yeah. for the best you can get a replacement. God. Yeah. I mean, I guess I guess uh, I just wanted to say about just that you brought it up a couple minutes ago, mm. but the money that was spent on him it now, I mean, it could have been spent to loan Loic Remy, who could be coming to Villa anyways. Yeah, um, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because things do go full circle. And I think we will end up with Loic Remy because he's in a position where if Aston Villa benefit from him, he that triples for him. He'll become, look so much more valuable when he goes back to Chelsea. And, you know, yeah, it's just an audition for him. Yeah, especially with the European Championships coming on. He could literally be walking walk out as Aston Villa's saviour and a place for France in the cha- in the championship and you know, what better thing for him. Especially with Benzema, the Benzema situation. Exactly, because mm. these 
cocked up and he's made a mistake and you know he's ruined his career you know move in take that chance go to a club like villa where you'll be start every match and we'll kick the ball to your loads <laughs> you know we'll give you the opportunities yeah. there's literally no one else so you can score goals for us and you know if you if villa do manage to stay up because of that then he'll look a hero he'll move to a big club you know, you know, Villa won't be in a chance. Maybe won't be in a chance. We're buying him after the loan. He can move on and actually get on with his career rather than stagnating at Chelsea. Yeah, and I mean, like you were talking talking about the Euros, they they might come just a bit soon for for Jordan Veretout. But <laughs> yeah, he's. I mean, he's got to be close to knocking on the door of the French team if he can. Keep no, this up. definitely, he's a very he's a quite gifted player, isn't he? Um, he always knows where the pass is and I mean we've seen him you know screw it up a few times he's still young and he's still learning but look he's come on a lot since he start, started at Villa against against Man United and Bournemouth you know when he was playing in the team he's come a long way and now he's cemented which is actually one of the few things we can say is a player has a constant first team position um, we look at other parts of the team and there's no starter we can only guarantee Guzan in goal Richards at centre back Hutton at right back everything else it's kind of done. Now there are twos there and Ayu's there. So we're slowly, you know, getting a, a team we can start every match, which is, you know, after periods of rotation by Sherwood and Lambert and even guard at the start, we can actually get to a point now where we go, oh, hang on, we've got a first team. Yeah, something that you would hope to have for, I <laughs> yeah. don't know, the first game of the season, at least by August, at least by September. Yeah, um, you'd have think, figured that the preseason would be for that, but no, we couldn't play the players who excelled in that preseason. We shipped Robinson off on loan. Um, we didn't play Kozak, so the two players who performed well kind of didn't even make the team. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, Villa mis- mismanaged entirely this year. Um, they've really shot themselves in the foot along the way. Yeah, but now, now uh, after I guess the day, same day of the Sunderland match, the second this Saturday, will be the opening of the transfer window. And Alex Carson had an article on the site, got a lot of comments about it was about it's not even worth it for Villa to spend big in the transfer yeah, window. Sludge. But you know, don't buy don't buy a bunch of Premier League husbands for too much money. And he's a he's completely right. I mean. I think the connotation you get from it is that just give up, you know. When he says accept relegation, what I believe is meant is, you know, that's a real possibility. We shouldn't buy players with a mind that will stay up. We should buy players that will stay for not just half a season. You know, buying Charlie Austin may be a real bad move because when you buy a striker, because you don't have a striker, and that striker goes, you've just simply got to replace him five months later. That don't work. It's not long-term at all. Yeah, the damage is done. Especially if we can't get rid of him as well, and he's on sixty grand a week. You know what I mean? That's just another. We've we've learned that lesson. Even Zogbia, we learned that lesson. We've Shea given. You know, we paid these players too much money, and then they couldn't play. Yeah, there's a chance that Villa could get to thirty-eight points, which would be really pace for a sixty sixty-point season. They pick up thirty in the second half here, and still go down. Yeah, then <laughs> you, you know, st- then you're stuck in this position where you got. I go, hang on, I've got players that want to leave this club that are paid 60 grand a week, but I can't play them because they are better than the players that are you know, young and have come through the academy. And it's just going to cause more uh, havoc and questions, and it may solve. You know, It's not accepting or not fight. It's not like it's not fighting or accepting. It's like 
making smart decisions that serve both ends rather than just one end. Yeah, you could say you're so pessimistic, but you're just being realistic at, at the end of the day. Yeah, it's not like it's not even like pessimism, is it? It's like it's a stupid financial decision to do it. It's like you could ruin the club. QPR, luckily, have the benefactors to have done something like that. They bought Samba on a hundred grand a week, then went down. They had Lloyd Remy, they went down. It doesn't matter who you buy or what you do. It's about if they can perform, and if you buy loads of people and pay them loads of money, and we go down, we just pushed us down further you know we've got to spend half the summer replacing these players yeah and i saw something today saying salvatore sirigu from psg their goalie was not interested in a villa move and maybe they said okay we're we're not gonna give you 70 grand a week now and he said okay no thanks <laughs> yeah exactly you know, you know. villa aren't aiming for the right type of players they aren't they're looking at people like Mandanda and Sirigu and Charlie Austin, and you know what does that solve? Because when you go down, these are these are players going to move, but on a cut price move, they're not going to be locked in. They're not going to be tied into the the relegation uh, release causes or relegation the most the most wage uh, drops. They're just going to be let go. And you've got to think maybe you could solve a massive problem here by buying people who stick at the goal, uh, stick at the, the club's philosophy and vision, and stay with them rather than mercenaries who will move on. You know, Sirigu... Yes, especially especially at, at right back. I think that's yeah. the position that you decide, okay, let's cut our losses, let's, let's put Bakuna and Hutton <laughs> for sale. If, if either of them go, great. And yeah. we can get someone in, or we're going to throw Richards there and get another center back, who knows. Funny enough, we uh, got rid of this kid, uh, Matthew Lowton, uh, in, <laughs> in the summer. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that was a dumb move all along, but yeah, I really I mean, liked him, but... Maybe at the start, we was like, oh, yeah, we got Michael Richards. Then Richards goes, I've moved to Villa to play centre-back because my knees are getting dodgy. You know, I need to you know, start a different step in my career. That's fair enough. But then you get rid of Matthew Lowe and you got to think, what the hell is going on here? Is someone actually planning this out? It's not so much people we've bought in, but people were letting go <laughs> You know, throughout the years. The problem has been Villa have let, since James Milner, Ashley Young, Stuart Downing left, Villa, even Gareth Barry, Villa have never replaced these players. You know, it took Ashley Westwood to come in to first replace Gareth Barry. We never replaced Ashley Young or Stuart Downing or even James Milner. And then you've got to think, you know, when you let Matthew Lowton go, that's just Matthew Lowton, you know, he's not even, he's, a, he's going to be a substitute for Villa. And then we've suddenly got probably the world's worst right back in Alan Hutton. God bless him, he tries yeah, but Lowton, Last year, Lowton was playing left back and won the penalty that really changed the season, saved it. <laughs> exactly. And we've got, some, we've got Crespo on the bench who can surely fulfill a bit of Lowton's role. And I don't know. It's just annoying. It just, it's one of those things where I feel like I'm becoming a bit of an armchair major now. Maybe these players aren't being picked because Remy knows best. And certainly with Adama, he seemed like he had the right decision not to play him. Well, I mean, Remy can't pick the players that the club sold before he got here. <laughs> exactly. You know, um, but yeah, um, it's a shame we didn't have him in the summer because. We wouldn't. I don't think we'd be looking at this position right now. No. She's absolutely going to say. Uh, it looks like a total knee-jerk decision to have hired Sherwood for a long-term contract because as soon as you know three games into the season, we know we knew it weren't going to work. Yeah, it just the wheels came off the bus against Southampton, and it it was just over from that point. Yeah. No. Yeah, we got Southampton battered us last season. Um, 
and ever since then, you know, looking back, Sheffield, he got us out of relegation, but we still had terrible results. You know, we got beaten by Newcastle for God's sake. That's Newcastle, the worst team last year. There's absolutely no way Newcastle should have went down last year, but Sheffield managed should get us beat by them. And you know, you got to look at the facts and go, Tom Fox hired this guy because he thought he would save us, and then suddenly we're at the bottom of the Premier League. You know. Maybe we had a plan going into this rather than sacking people all the time, making knee-jerk decisions. Or I think the recruitment policy at the club needs to be overhauled, not just players but staff and managers. You know, for so long it's been just off the wall, off the rails. Yeah, not not really a lot of control. But um, yeah, I guess um, let's see. Who do you, what, what do you think we sh- we should bring in in January? Oh man, uh, a right back, a left back. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. I don't know about left back. Sissoko can be serviceable when we don't really need to bother do it. But yeah, we need a we need a right back. Um, we need someone in someone with presence in midfield um, and a striker. I think we're pretty set on the wing, aren't we? We just need to get our players there performing who we have already performing. Um, but yeah, we need someone. Either with great technical ability in the midfield or some presence to, you know, back up Sanchez with those hard-hitting tackles. And who do you think goes? In January? Yeah. (laughs) To reverse that question, what would anyone want to buy anyone from Aston Villa? Uh, I mean, maybe... (laughs) I don't know. I honestly can't see... I know uh, I'm trying to... Make up an excuse for someone to buy Jack Grealish, but what has he done this year to make him? I anyone... think I think Carlos Hill and Kozak could leave. Kozak's definitely yeah. Kozak, sorry, without a doubt, he's gone. There's no reason we would we would have definitely played him if he weren't going. Yeah, you but... you've been saying that for about a month, so <laughs> yeah, didn't, didn't really steal your answer. <laughs> no, no, no. I thought, um, yeah, I mean, it's fair enough. We don't play Kozak because he's going, and he doesn't want to. Clearly, doesn't want to play at Villa anymore. Um, he wants to move, that's fine, because we've really, and that's another thing we've kind of looked at and shot ourselves in the foot with the development of players, but yeah, um, who goes? Kozak and yeah, Carlos Hill, I think. If someone puts in a bid for Hill, we're going to have to accept it, aren't we? We can't let him go for cheaper. If, if we go down, we got to make the most of what happens now. And especially if we're not going to bother playing him as well. he's just going to be a yeah, I mean, yeah, and it's probably for the best that we let him go and take some money and actually do something with that money. Yeah, exactly. Because if you if you can sell even a few few players, raise a couple millions, then you can you can bring in a player that you can use next year instead of waiting. Because yeah. if you're going to have to sell these guys in the summer, anyways. Yeah, I mean, if I think if we should pretty much accept any bids we get for anyone. Maybe not Jack Grealish, maybe not Adamatory, and maybe not very two and AU. We can let we can let that settle at the end of the season. But if people want if people want to pay for Kieran Clark, if people want to pay for Alan Hutton, go oh, you want to pay ahead. actual money for Alan Hutton? Okay. Yeah. Well, Tottenham paid nine million for him, which is unbelievable. Yeah, but at least they were still able to get rid of him at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to what he bought him for three million. But yeah, if people want to bid for players that we don't want. Let him go. Have a clear out. Uh, I don't can't see anyone buying Gabby at all. No way. He hasn't. He's always hurt. And yeah, you know. Then when he plays, he's not exactly good. It's not even that Remy Guy just went. I don't want to pick Gabby. It's Gabby. 
has broken something or hurt something again. You know, uh, we don't even know if he's good anymore because we haven't seen him in so long. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, who? Yeah, who really does know to, the answer to that? But can you see anyone buying any Sagafia? Really? No. No. Exactly. Why would you? And maybe a Middle Eastern team. But yeah, but even then, it's like he's not. Is he a big name? You know, is he someone? It's like to be fair within Sagafia and Gabby. Maybe if if Liam Ridgewell can win the MLS Cup. Liam Ridgewell, Gabby, and Anisabia surely have a place there in a, in a team in the MLS at some point in one of the lower teams. Because if Liam Ridgewell can captain a side to the MLS Cup, they can. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. If Liam Ridgewell, they have a lot more of their career left ahead of them. Yeah, Liam Ridgewell is worse than Kieran Clark. That, without a doubt, is a fact in my mind. If so, if Liam Ridgewell can captain a team to the MLS Cup, so can they, surely. Like, that's, that has to be a fact. I mean, you see people like Oberfemi Martins killing it in the MLS and, you know, that guy couldn't cut it in the Premier League and it's no de- it's nothing against the MLS but maybe players like Gabby and Azabi can actually perform there rather than going to uh, a Middle Eastern club or even like a, a lower continental team. They can actually be a part of an MLS team that gets built around them. God's sake, Luke Moore, you know, and Luca. Luke Rogers from <laughs> Shrewsbury was playing for the New York Red Bulls and Wayne Rooney, Wayne Rooney's brother, John Rooney. So these guys, yeah, maybe they can go with it to a team and be like a substitute striker or a substitute midfielder. Well, I can't see anyone actually coming in to buy these guys at all. Yeah, that's why you think maybe they just have to wait till their, their contract runs down or you just yeah. do a free transfer or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, who knows what will happen, but I can't see if they're selling anyone. I mean, they have this big idea about clear, right? Who are you going to clear them out to? <laughs> you know, you have to find someone to buy them, right? Yeah, it's not, it's not good enough. Like, I remember I'm a football manager and you're trying to sell these players. No one wants to buy them. <laughs> yeah. Know? It's like how it mirrors real life. It's like, you can't get rid of these guys from nothing. How would you expect anyone to buy them? <laughs> All right, let's let's turn to Twitter questions. The first one we got was from Mark Bannister at eighteen seventy four FC. For Villa to win a game, you must eat your most hated food. What is it, and can you do it? Oh my God. Mine is durian. It stinks. It is rotten. But I think I could take a bullet for the points. I, I mean, as long as it's not going to harm you, it just tastes bad. I'd eat any food for Villa to win. Thirty bucks every flavor be. <laughs> yeah, I in fourth grade, in fourth grade, I had a sardine flavored one and vomited and had to leave school. But I'd, I'd eat fifty of those if it, if it guaranteed Villa would win. I'm not saying if Villa would win, I will eat fifty of these nasty. Yeah, no, <laughs> every day I wake up. Oh, Why am I doing this? Um, no, oh, no, I don't. I don't think I have a least favorite food. I like all types of food. <laughs> um. But yeah, if I had a least favourite food, I'd definitely eat it just so Villa could win a match because that second of displeasure is going to be worth a lot less than Villa staying up, if you know, you know what I mean. Like, tasting it and getting it over and done with would be a lot better than uh, watching And you would just be a hero because everyone would know exactly. you did that for a little while. In the newspapers, you'd be on the fucking... The fr- not just the back page but the front page because your magical ability to convert horrible taste into football match wins maybe you'll be signed by a club to be an analyst but yeah um, 
if I if I had a, if I could think of a horrible food that I don't like, I don't know, spinach or kale. I eat buckets of kale for to win. No question. All right, the the gods of kale may or may not have heard you. Um, <laughs> next one we got from Dave Did eight three was who would you say was the biggest disappointment this year and why Sherwood aside? So, <laughs> okay, he, t- he took the easy one out of the equation. Biggest uh, disappointment. What would you say? Uh, it's definitely the fact that we have a CEO. You know, what does that guy do? <laughs> <laughs> I've got no one being totally honest when he comes over from Arsenal. And this is, if you're watching it, Mr. Fox, like, nothing against you, seriously, but like, we had made a big fanfare about hiring a guy from Arsenal who'd come and take over all our affairs and st- suddenly we've had the worst year we've ever had for everything. <laughs> yeah, and it's, I mean, obviously all the problems weren't created this year, but you, you know, you got to fix them. Yeah, they've got to turn around at some point, but actually everything went downhill. So, uh, don't yeah. worry, it's not obviously not all that guy's fault, but the fact that there's someone there who's kind of in that position of responsibility and it's kind of all happened under him you gotta think hang on what was the point of hiring you then you know yeah well about what was I mean, your i think i think it would be just some of the players we brought in this summer just the collective team of this this start of the premier league season i guess it's because like, we were all convinced just... that something would happen <laughs> like we were, yeah. we were all convinced that you know, something would. I don't know. You can't. Tick. You can't just say Rudy just dead is so disappointing. Or I mean, I haven't been overly impressed by Ghana. No. Or, yeah. I don't know. You know, yeah, Adama Traoré is a, basically a bust at this point. Yeah, it's a weird one because you know we had so much expectation. Adama Traoré is paraded around Villa Park. You know, based on a couple of YouTube clips, it's. So I'm so it's a big disappointment the fact that we've just we don't the fact that we don't even know who was responsible at this point because there's so much stuff flying around. We don't even yeah, know exactly. who went, this was a good idea to bring these guys in all at once or actually, you know we could have bought Charlie Austin in the summer. We could have actually had a striker in the summer. You know. We sorry yeah, or imagine having him and I Exactly. Suddenly it's different. Suddenly, everything has changed, and even with Sherwood as a manager, you can't go wrong with Charlie Austin. He manages himself like Ayu. Ayu can score goals from anywhere, so can Charlie Austin. You have two people like that up front that can make stuff happen. But yeah, um, big disappointments for me is certainly the fact that we've got a CEO that doesn't seem to do much, and B the fact that we've got we've had this transfer for policy for whatever reason. People blame Moneyball, but that clearly isn't the problem. Because this has happened for years. We've bought, we've bought people like Karim Alamadi and sacked him off. Bought people like Rob Vile and dumped him out of a contract and suddenly we've got no centre-backs of like a high calibre. So, yeah. Transfer policy has been terrible. All right. Next one was from Jason Boyeski from, at Alpha, Alpha Redahog. Uh, who has the Tiki doll behind the spell of horrors and how quickly can they return it to Hawaii? Well, Rob, Rob. Robert's not with <laughs> yeah. us today, but he did just get back from Hawaii. I mean, so it wasn't maybe. like it wasn't like they were good before he went, though. So I don't know. It's I don't yeah, think it's Robert's I mean, fault. Yeah, um, 
I think I'd love to be able to blame this on something supernatural, but yeah, it's not the case, is it? We're just bad. We're historically bad. <laughs> yeah. We set a new precedent for bad, actually. Yeah, we're going to, at this pace, we'll break the record. Yeah, no. Uh, if the one of two things happen, if Villa win five games in a row, they're out of this suddenly. They're back in the race to stay up. Um, but if Villa don't, then can you actually see them getting 11 points? Because they can't win. And they certainly make a, a flipping uh, meal out of a draw. So you need to ask them to get three more points when they've barely got five since flipping August. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd love to blame it. Uh, to answer the question, I'd love to blame it on some supernatural, but yeah, frankly, it's based in a reality, unfortunately. Maybe it, Tim Sherwood and Paul Lambert are doing voodoo or something. Well, Paul Lambert certainly has done to get his face so back yeah. <laughs> to, to, to what it looks like now. And uh, Tim Sherwood's on the beach in Barbados because I had to Google him yesterday. But yeah, uh, unfortunately, it's all gra- grounded in a stupid reality where we can't actually blame a tiki doll. <laughs> which is I'd like to. Oh, yeah. wow, this is the problem. Sorry, guys, I've left a needle in the tiki doll right in the part of it where Villa score goals or play well. Yeah, right in the mouth because they're toothless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got it, man. Maybe it's one of those little villa bears from the shop that have the 1874 on the feet and it's got a big knife sticking in it. Yeah. All right. And from Tyler Dami, best and worst matches of 2015. I think the best the best had to have been the, the semifinal against Liverpool. Yeah, exactly. My... Cup final it was great. Villa played like Barcelona to be, you know, they played with some real style in that match. That you think, oh my god, we've turned the corner. And you know, Villa played so well in that match that it's almost unbelievable that we're in this position. Because you think about that match where they came from behind to win 2 1 and they scored goals not just with style but with substance, like it wasn't a fluke, everything was happening, everything was going well. And uh, we won a match based on our, our own efforts rather than luck or you know the other team being bad. We went to Wembley, played Liverpool and won on our own terms and went, hey, we've got a chance to win the cup. So certainly, yeah, best. there's no question that it was the best match of 2015 at all. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, there's really, you're kind of spoiled for choice when you want to pick a worst. We, we had a lot of losses. Uh, I've got to go for... It had to be the cup final. I've got to go for either the 6-1 against Southampton because that showed me that Sherwood probably wasn't cut out for this and that really worried me about relegation right after the Liverpool stuff. I mean, just got hammered. Yeah, even, even though we, we clinched survival that day due to other results. <laughs> yeah, but like you, I was just pretty much going, oh my God, this is, this is going to go down to the wire. Thankfully, it didn't. But I've also got to go for the match against Norwich. Um, because no one turned mm. up for it. It was that was somewhere where you gotta go, hang on, we need to win here. <laughs> every look at every player in the and go, you gotta go out there and I know your legs are hurting, everything's hurting. <laughs> you know, you shattered. But you gotta go out there and win this match because they're they're feeling just as bad as you. You gotta do everything you can and they didn't. <laughs> I think I think for me it's either gotta be Hull when it was my birthday and we lost to Hull and I, I was saying going into that if we lose we're done February tenth and Oh my god and Lambert Lambert was still there. Sacked, yeah. 
and I was oh. like, well, if we lose, we're done. And then Lambert was gone. I was like, oh. I'm like, yeah, I remember I was on the coach. So I didn't have any Wi-Fi. And my dad just texted me two words. He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. I couldn't believe it actually happened because it was only two weeks after Tom Fox come out and went, nah, we we ain't second managers. It's a false narrative. And it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. You really oh just God. did. You sacked him after coming out and saying that. Yeah, I mean, they we're playing Sorry so poorly, so, so poorly. But, but yeah, false no, narrative. Yeah, he came out and said, he said that now he's a joke because of that. And it's a bit upsetting because, but yeah, um, that that match was horrible. I do remember that very well um, because that was the part where you go, oh my God, it's all, it's kind of exactly like this Norwich match. But the night yeah, in worst yeah, conditions exactly. where everything we just More. went to ball, played the one of the worst teams in the league and got beaten. Two 0 Yeah, like a month and a half earlier. Like it shouldn't <laughs> we shouldn't already be doomed this early. Like Yeah. Um maybe But also Yeah, sorry. No, nah, no, nah, I mean it's exact parallel, isn't it? We got beat away to a terrible team. <laughs> Two 0 And it's it's it comes to a point where you can't blame the managers anymore because it's happened. We've seen it each season kind of repeat itself for the last few years. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. My other choice would be the, the FA cup final because I did genuinely think we had a chance to win going into it. And it was, Arsenal was just totally on a different level. It wasn't even yeah, a game. Yeah. We got, we got well played to Arsenal. We got beaten. That's it. Um, yeah. Just totally yeah. outclassed. Yeah. Like, yeah. We got shown up on that day. Um, but yeah, definitely. I think I'll actually have to change my answer to that whole match. Because mm. that was the point when you think, oh my god, we're down. Thankfully, things changed, but oh my god, that was a that was a terrible match. All right, and we actually just had another one come <laughs> yeah. in from Hella Brady. Actually, just had two. We'll get to the yeah. other one in a sec. But if if when relegated, how long until we come back up? Uh, I mean, you'd have you'd have to hope we'd come straight back up. But yeah, I if mean, we're not up within three years, I'll probably give up hope of ever going back up. Except. On just a random push sometime i mean if if we don't come back up straight away the best thing to hope for is that we come back up like southampton did with some real momentum and not just clinch like it's almost like a punch coming back further with more momentum to go for, you know for the punch goes yeah. further to go straight up the league like southampton did you know if we stick with remy garden build around him and get the players he wants to play playing the football he wants to play with the mentality he wants them to have there's no way it can go wrong at all. You know, it's, football is a, a lot, a hell of a lot simpler than people make it out to be. You know, you see people like Arsene Wenger and Alex Ferguson succeed because of long, longer. They've been there for ages, basically. <laughs> they've been there for ages. They know the club inside and out. They know the way they want to play, and they know the players that can play the way they want to play. If you have someone like that, you don't let them go. And I really do think we had someone like that in Paul Lambert. But we kept staying at this level where we had to buy people in emergency situations to keep us up. But now we're not. We don't have that pressure anymore. So hopefully, if we go down and we don't come back up straight away, we can come back. We can come back faster and go higher than we ever thought we would go with a team that actually plays each match with a bit of bite. But yeah, yeah. I think I think you nailed it with that. Is that? But still, within you'd have to think within two years. Otherwise, guard is he's not going to be. Nah, yeah, of course, no. Um, 
ideally we'd like to come back up straight away but would that put us exactly where we are right now i'm not too sure but i would like i would like to see us come back within a two-year time frame one season down there will be fun two down there will be a bit depressing yeah it's that's really really tedious and championships just too much of a grind you can't eventually things are going to go wrong yeah exactly you look at teams like portsmouth i mean Leeds, Nottingham Forest, regardless of financial difficulties, those teams didn't climb out of a hole. They went down to League 2, League 1, and in Portsmouth's case, case, League 2. Like, look at Bolton. Yeah, Bolton. Yeah. Proud football club, and it's a shame to see what's happened to them. Financial mismanagement, again. Um, financial fair play. Or There's so many factors that can ruin a football club in the Championship, and Villa have to be, in a way, having someone like Randy Lerner down there would be a blessing because you know he would not us in a position where we'd be in ruin. Um, oh, fingers crossed, touch yeah, wood. Exactly. But um, to Portsmouth had crazy owner. <laughs> that, that set them down. Same with Leeds. Leeds had an owner that didn't care. And, you know, we've got a hope in a way having this guy. Yeah, we've gone down. We've got to accept that we've gone down now. And mate, who's, whoever's fault it is, fingers pointed. If we go down and we've got someone like Randall Lerner, he's got a villa tattoo, you know. <laughs> he knows he is a fan. Um, Maybe maybe it's the best thing. Maybe we've got someone who can get the club back to a level where he can actually sell it <laughs> and move yeah. on. But yeah, um, to answer the question, yeah, two-year time frame for me. Um, I wouldn't want to be there any longer because you lose, you're going to lose sight of the big picture. So, yeah, so you won't... Two, yeah. I think it's got to be one year, but if you if you lose in the in the promotion playoffs, then there's there's no reason to say, okay, we, we can't, yeah, do not I mean, say we can do it next year. If we if we're down there three years, yeah, three years, you're gonna lose sight of it. Suddenly, it doesn't come about promotion. It just becomes about performing in the championship. You know, ten teams mm-hmm. out of the twenty four are gonna be looking for promotion. So you've got to say, oh, we're the best out of those ten teams, and that's not something you can say every year. You know, if Aston Villa go down, does that make them better than Derby? Does that make them better than Brighton or Middlesbrough? <laughs> I don't think it does because those teams are used to playing that many games. Exactly, and have players that know that know what it takes. And, you know, there's too many variables. You could have the best squad going into it and all your top players could be injured and then you're left with the worst squad in the division. Yeah, uh, it is a proper football league in the sense that, you know, there's no breaks, you know, except for the international. Um, matches are played on a regular basis. Um, there's more matches, there's more football clubs, and there's a wider history. It is the football league. It is the original football league, and the way football has always been played. So it's returning to that those roots and and trying to adapt to what you once were. So if Villa can't make it out in a year or two, they could be stuck there for a long time. Yeah. yeah All right. So, let's uh, let's get to that the Sunderland match and close wicked. out the show after that. So yeah, Sunderland. They have 12 points. They're right above us, sitting in pretty in 19th with a nice minus 19 goal difference, average of one goal per match. Yeah, um, you got to look at it and go, if you can't beat Sunderland, Sunderland home, I go, what the hell? We are the worst. We are defined by that position. Um, the best hope is that we aren't defined by 20th and maybe we can get to 19th or 17th if we go down. Um, not beating Sunderland confirms that we are the worst team the 20th does say that 
Um, but to beat Sunderland goes Hangar. We've got a chance of this. Um, we've got a chance to get out of this. Certainly yeah, it would close the gap to yeah. just one to Sunderland. Exactly. Then, you know, you pass one you think we can we can catch the next team. The word dogfight is right because when you get into this position, you stop caring about playing a certain type of football. You start caring about winning at any cost. And Sunderland, if you I don't know if you watched the match against Liverpool yesterday, but Sunderland gave it some. They gave they gave it 110 percent. It's a shame they didn't win. I say that as a football fan, not a Villa fan, because I would not want them to win. But they should have. They, they should have won that match by all accounts in terms of effort and chances created, and the times they were in in the in a scoring chance, scoring area with a chance to score. But and as usual, Benteke buried them. Yeah, and funnily enough, uh, they missed a one on one with a keeper for I think it's the yeah. second week in a row. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, you've got to think if we don't beat Sunderland, that's it. That is gone. There's still a chance for a five-game winning streak, but if you don't beat Sunderland, you've got to beat the teams that are around you. There's no no doubt about it. Yeah, it should have been uh, maybe 12 points over over this period. Newcastle, West Ham, Norwich, and Sunderland. And if you if we had nine for nine and we're coming into this, you know, okay, great. We're probably another win, and we'd be level with all those teams who are on 20 points. Yeah, I mean... With Sunderland as well, they've been consistently bad. It's not like Aston Villa who've kind of flirted with relegation. Sunderland have been in this position. They know what it's like to be bottom and get out of it. Villa don't. Villa kind of languish there and then get a bit of form. Sunderland know what it's like to fight from bottom out of it. So you're playing a team. You're playing a team in an area that has that mentality. They know what it's like. They've been down there before. They've come back up. They know what it's all about. Villa are going to be very inexperienced at fighting their way out of the position with no morale. Sunderland will have players that know what it's know what it's all about and know how to play when they're down there. Villa don't. We've been 17th, 16th, 15th. That's not good enough to be, you know, in these relegations or in this, in these constant dogfights. Sunderland have always come out of it, you know. But yeah, they've had their scars with Decanio and Poye and even that. Uh, What's, what's the nickname for Advocar? This <laughs> big dick. That's his name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Another big> fam. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, they've got the attitude. They know how to win these games. Villa don't, which is very scary. Villa kind of play their own football and get beat by teams that are going to scrap out a win. Um, Sunderland did it earlier when we played at Villa Park. You know, 2 0 up and they brought it back to 2 2. They know how to get points and it's going to be a scary match. Especially with no Ayu and yeah. Westwood. Yeah, Ayu and Westwood suspended and Carlos Sanchez and Gabby, Gabby. definitely out. Yorosakori maybe out. It's a scary match, isn't it? You know, that yeah. you, haven't got, you haven't got a technical midfielder. You haven't got a holding midfielder. Um, suddenly, the squad looks a lot worse off. You just have to hope that Sunderland are tired from playing Wednesday with the turnaround on Saturday. Yeah, that's what you can say. But from what I saw yesterday, um, Villa are going to be in for a very, very rough ride if they think they're going to walk it. Um, yeah, we're playing I think away. Every, every game be expecting a battle. Yeah, we're going. We're playing away to a hostile fan base against a team who knows what it's like to play in these matches, uh, and who wants to sink us. You know, if they win, they think, "All right, well." In we have a way, twice as many points as them. We have to be. We'll, we'll yeah. be clear. <laughs> exactly. In a we way, we took six points off, or four points off Villa. Yeah, in a way, this match means more 
to Sunderland than it does us because the impetus is on them to win, to get out of this. We we look done already with eight points. You know, yeah. if Sunderland win, that get that, that saves their season almost. Um, so they're going to come out to win this match. They're not going to come to draw. They're not going to come to, you know, lose. They're going to go to win. Mm-hmm. They're going to win. They want, going to want to win by a big margin as well to improve their goal difference. That's the only thing that we've got in common with them is goal difference. And yeah. the fact that we both rock bottom. Yeah, if Villa can sneak a win, that's amazing. But you've got to be, you've got to look at this match and be happy with a draw. I mean, as stupid as it sounds, you can't go into this match expecting a win when with all those parameters. You know, we're missing a huge chunk of our team. We're missing a, we're missing people who would be substitutes. Um, we're missing, you know, we're missing a lack to, a desire to win. And you've got a team, as I said, with the, the will to win. Um, that have the players that can, they've got the players that can adapt and change around. They've got Yedlin. They've got people with threat and pace on the wings. And you got to think, how do Villa win this one? It's not like Norwich where we thought, oh, we can definitely win that one. This is the one where I'm thinking, hang on a minute. We look, we've like got no confidence and uh, Sunderland are going to take a win here. Yeah. Um, and, you know, players like Stephen Fletcher, Jermaine Defoe, guys that, those are like the Premier League players that you can, I guess you can count on if you're, if you're one of yeah. those kind of teams, I guess. And uh, you got to ask yourself, who do Villa have that's like that? <laughs> they do have players like that, but they're right injured or banned. Yeah. And I don't know, what, what was I going to say? Usually we've had this success against Sunderland, but it's been Benteke. Yeah, <laughs> long gone, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Villa really have to pull something out of the bag to win this match. Um, usually I'd be optimistic, but with all the parameters, as I've said, it doesn't look like something that's easily won. I think there will be some goals in this one, though. I think. Yeah, I would not bet to to be a, a scorer sure. If yeah. uh, if Villa score first, God forbid Villa score first, something are going to come out for everything. Yeah, and I don't know if maybe Villa Villa can actually take their chances. Maybe they capitalise on Sunderland having to yeah, push. But they've got to be they've got to be careful. Got, this this match has to be planned out to the T. <laughs> It can't be. It, yeah. You can't rely on everything happening and turning out on the pitch the way you want it to. We've got a plan for every occasion because Sunderland going to throw the the kitchen sink out, so to speak. Yeah, and I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see who who gets in the team. We should see some younger guys in on the yeah. bench at least. With um, Jordan maybe, Lydon should be at least on the bench. You got to think as well. <laughs> you know, if you're the nineteenth team, there's only one team that's worse than you. So Sunderland are the nineteenth. We're the twentieth. We're the only team they should be expecting to be beating, you know. Yeah, based home, on the you know. table. So maybe if we can give these players a shot who actually want to play, maybe people like Lydon, um, we haven't really got anyone else. So we, maybe it'd be a risk to play Grealish or Hill or Adama. Um, but maybe we'll have no choice due to the fact that Westwood's out. Yeah, why not? At this point, yeah. whatever. Just go for it because this match, there's more chance of losing this match and winning. So you've got to go for it. You gotta try. You gotta pull every trick out of bed because they'll be doing it. You can't just rely on people who haven't performed for us. Yeah, and maybe maybe give Russian Hepper and Murphy a chance up front if, if they're really yeah. that thin on striker. Sure who knows? You want to play Kozak, and unfortunately, you've le- loaned out Callum Robinson. So please, yeah, do something. It's it's uh it's it's the job of uh, Remy. Uh, Remy Gard to choose what he'll do and hopefully he can work something out but it doesn't look that promising. No, it's no fault to him. It's, it's just a situation we're in right now. 
Yeah. All right. I mean, we're not going to go with a prediction, but uh, I guess maybe just not not a nil-nil because... Yeah, just not a nil-nil. I think it'll be open. Yeah, I mean, if it is a nil-nil, that would be a big detriment to the build-up to this match. Uh, These teams should be going for a win at all costs. There's no way it can be a nil-nil if I do that. Yeah, hopefully something like Stoke Everton at least. At least at least if we're gonna go down, let it yeah. let there be a big explosion, let it be entertaining. And please let someone on our team go. score a goal like Shakiri's goal. Please let that happen. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. Yeah, and if you could win four three as well. Yeah. So that's all that's all for us at seventy five hundred hold.com this year. I want to thank you for listening, reading everything interacting with us on, on Facebook and Twitter. Remember you can find the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, Google Play, um, YouTube. Usually we're still not on there this week. So thanks for listening instead of watching, but uh, I think that's all we got. We'll have all the Sunderland coverage for you on Saturday, three, three o'clock GMT. Yeah. And you can, you can check us out online as always at 7,500 to hold.com. So, For James Rushton, I've been Jack Grimsey, and we'll see you in 2016.